Hi, and welcome to the 82nd episode of Keen Minds, where we cover NBC's The Blacklist. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Saiko. And I am Tessa. And we are on the second half of our episode for this week because it was a double episode on NBC or on The Blacklist. And this is Rosvet. It was a heavy mythology episode right along the lines. Yeah, right along the lines of Cape May and uh, Requiem. And Ruin. Ruin wasn't wasn't heavy mythology, but it was a standalone episode of yeah, some but i think it was still a slightly different category than than the others yeah. have been because i mean that was that was liz's point of view oh, and yeah. and liz <laughs> is very much a main character it's it's her and red and so kate may well i mean to be fair kate may was red's point of view but it just it didn't ruin didn't necessarily give us a it wasn't a flashback episode Mm-hmm. Is what I'm trying to get at. Um, mm-hmm. Kate May gave us, while it took place in a drug-induced stupor, it was still gave us a lot of information uh, and probably more information than we even know yet. Because we've looked back now that we've had the Umbrella uh, Company, you know, we've we've looked back at Kate May and thought, hmm, that's interesting. I wonder if that was the Umbrella Company after her. You know, could have been that, could have been the Cabal. Not the first, been... not the last. Yeah, it could have been the Russians. It really could have been anybody. Um, but bad, gla- bad guys in flannel with facial hair. <laughs> yes, but Kate May was very much a blast, blast back to the past via opium. Um, Requiem was very much a flashback episode from Kate's point of view, giving us a lot of information about hers and Katarina's relationship, and this. Rasfit was a flashback episode from Dom's point of view. Ish. Mm-hmm. Ish. Because there was a lot of information that he gave that he would have had to have gotten from a third source. And if. Uh, yeah, and that's where Tessa and I disagree. And so this is going to be one of those fun episodes in which there's a line here. Jen's on one side, Tessa's on the other, and the truth is somewhere out there in the ether. We will eventually find out. But until yeah. then, we'll discuss it here on Keen Minds. There you go. Um, what a fun episode. I, I got to say, first, I adore Lodisk as young Katarina. It is, I mean, she's always terrific. I love the 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 actress for the mother, Sasha Sok. They, Sok, I imagine how they pronounce it. Um, she was great. And I love Young Dong. I think oh, they, they chose hilarious. very, yeah, very, very good um, actors to portray the young versions of them. And Gabriel Mann as Ilya was great. I, now I'm going to find this, let, let, let's start off first. Mm-hmm. Let, let's get our, our opinions out there for the world. Um, let's go. Let's <laughs> choose your side. Exactly. <laughs> On the side of Jen. I, I I have a pros and cons sort of list going. It's literally reasons no, reasons yes. And I have more on the yes side. I do. Um, so I lean towards Ilya being the man that we currently know is Raymond Reddington. I lean towards that, but I do have 
some reservations in which things aren't quite adding up. And so I, I will say that part of it. Tessa, mm. how do you fall? Uh, I fall straight on the other side. And I got to say, not the entire episode. As I was watching, I was totally taken by the by the tail. And, you know, as we're starting to get towards the Russia part, I am like, what? No, 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 no. And then it's like, oh, my God, he's just stringing a tail that's a yarn he is i mean this is a poppycock story makes no sense whatsoever so it was very interesting because they had me they had me until they went to russia <laughs> then that was it because people we have dom with a suitcase of stuff from Katerina, including glitter. Because when you're escaping the Soviets and Velov and everybody, the thing that you do take with you is the glitter that your child play with. And the childhood games, you know, the, the board games. Mm -hmm. The board games, I mean, which those, are American. I To be fair, I do have a counter for that particular one. Yeah, but but that's what I stand. And... and and then I went back and I rewatched, and this time I paid attention to Dom's expressions. And boy, is he spinning a tail like Penelope. So that's where I stand. I think um, the mint part is true. I think that he at one point the last time he saw Katarina for a while was in the rear view mirror of the car um i think pretty much that's where it stops in the in the reality part well i will say for the all the stuff that he has over there my my counter to that personally would be that it he said that he had a contingency plan and I think it would be possible, especially, I mean, he, he's a covert agent. Why would he have not spent time in America? If, if not undercover as a covert agent, at least, at least to learn. Katerina speaks with an American accent. They immediately go back every time to English. They start in, in Russian, but then they go back to English almost every time. In Russia, in America, it doesn't matter. And so... I am of the opinion that she might have actually been raised in America, like we've discussed before on the podcast, or at least partially raised in America. Travel was just easier pre-9-11, because I found myself Not with the Iron Curtain. Well, was it? Not with the Iron Curtain. There were no trains. There were no... It, it, you have if you, to. If you had permission from the Russian side, you could get out, though, wouldn't you? I mean, if he was working for the Russian government. Yeah, that's a whole different story. Well, that's but... what I'm saying. If he was, if he was working for the KGB and was flying over under diplomatic immunity and had, there had were no a diplomatic place. relations, none. Um, it, okay. Um, let let's. Wait a minute. Let's go back. Um, <laughs> I had a great point, and he's gone. I no, hate when that happens. Don't lose it. <laughs> it will be there. Um, okay. 
the mother is in, in America, and the CIA has no records of Dom. They, the, the, the file they give Liz is that he was, um, uh, that they investigated him. So if he had been in America, they would have found either um, driver's license or something that would create a record. Because if you were a covert agent, a sleeper agent like the Americans, uh, you would need to be as invisible as possible. And the best way to be invisible is to be within the system. You just disappear among many thousand, and you certainly will not be speaking with a heavy Russian accent. Back then, that's true. And what's interesting is he's developed the Russian accent and continued on to it. And I thought it was just with Liz, but he was speaking with the same accent to Red, too, in this episode. In the last episode and in this one, it's just an accent that has gotten thicker and thicker as time's gone on. But not not the the accent he has with Liz is different. As I don't soon think as this so. comes in, I I hear it. I I don't know what to say. I hear it. I hear that there is something different. But so that, that's where that's where we stand. We stand in both sides of this of this equation that I think that the entire story was a fantastic tale um, and uh, he's a great storyteller. Oh, and, and if you look at the way he looks at Liz, you see how this is, he's not telling a tale that he's like, it's a sad tale, an emotional tale. He's actually having fun with the tale. Um, and and it, it's apparent when they're in the car and and he's just like checking these things in her and see. And Liz is also feeding him everything that she knows. And he's going off on this, you know, there is, um, I, I have notes about that. Um, like the love was chasing her. So after she says the love, then Dom incorporates the love. Um, the mother left her, then Dom incorporates a cold that we never saw happening. Um, then the father, uh, then they went to the father to Russia. And where did she ever got Russia? From Dom saying that she saw Katerina in the building that housed the spies, which, by the way, was the beat and spy building. So apparently in communist Russia, the beat analysts and the spies were all in the same building and they went to work, like you said, regular office. Like, oh, okay, I got nine to five hours for spying. Um, <laughs> so the whole thing is like, and Liz is eating up this nonsense. Like, no idea. Uh, and every time that Liz says, you know, the person had to be there that night, then Dom incorporates that part. So it's, it, it's very interesting how the episode is constructed because you're in the car. You know, it, it reminded me of, of Kate and Liz in the car. And and so many things that have happened with Red in the car, like that's his office, is the car. Um, and, and in this um, in this episode, they're in the in the background here. So that's that's where I stand. On my end. Like I said, I, I have kind of a pros and cons list for it. Mm-hmm. On the cons, well, let's start with the pros, since that's the, the side I land on. Red and Dom's relationship 
makes so much more sense to me. Uh, she's making a face, but hang on, hang on. I think I just killed Tessa. She's like having a heart attack over there. Please don't die, friend. <laughs> I do not want this to kill you. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Water. I need water. Okay. All right. Let's continue now that I almost passed out. No, for me, it really does. Because we've talked about for ages that... That you know, there there was a very specific type relationship between Dom and Red, and it reminded us a lot of Dom or of Tom and and uh, Red. I feel like personally that the fact that Dom seems to have known that Dom knew Ilya from about six years old, and that they were both in espionage. They were working for the same side. They crossed paths. Ilya stayed close with with Katarina. That just made sense to me. It finally made sense because you you had okay. Well, so he's her father, Liz's father, um, or someone that was in love with her. Like like what what is going to make sense out of here? You know what. Because you you taper on the dangerous side of if he was just in love with Katarina. Okay, that can get into some very dangerous, and like we talked about in the last episode, very controlling territory if suddenly he becomes obsessed with her daughter as well. Which, to be fair, it's still kind of an iffy subject right here. Um, Whether he's Ilya or not, it's still dangerous territory. Um, But that was one of the things... The- so you think you think that there that Ilya being this childhood friend of Katerina um, that steps up to the plate just to save Katerina actually makes sense of their relationship? Because that's one Dom? of the points. Yes. Yes. Yes, I do. Because what I what I see is that Dom blames Red for colossal messes. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that as far as I'm concerned, you kill my entire family. Um, he does a, a a parallel between him losing Katerina, doesn't give Red the right to feel that they are the same because Red has blaming what happened. And, and in the scenario of Ilya, Ilya is a savior that gives up his entire life. We don't know what the what the Hobson's choice is. And that's going to be the key, I think. We still don't know what the Hobson's choice that was talked about in Kate May was. Okay, but... Uh, well, but hang on. Let me, a, let me get through my yeah. list. Um, so, sorry, I kind of focused on the first one. So, the Dom and Red relationship. The fact that Red said in season three that Liz was his way home versus his home has stuck with me for ages. Because it was just very Agreed. specific wording, and I'm going, okay, so does that mean you're using her? Is this a negative use? Is this still a positive thing? How do I need to be looking at you? It's been a very conflicting phrase for me. And another issue, the, the whole excommunication has stuck with me. I mean, you would you would think, in general, because you have Dom talking about Katarina, you know, he felt betrayed by Katarina, and yet there was no excommunication. There was, he betrayed his country to protect his daughter. And here's 
Fred sitting here and saying, uh, well, you know, she betrayed me. I'm thinking about excommunicating her. It, yeah, it's still possible he's her daughter, that he's her father, but that felt like there was space put between them. Intentional space and an entirely different... Uh, different I, I don't even know the word I'm looking for, but... It felt like the reason that she was off limits was not necessarily Red's reasoning, but someone else's. Probably Katarina's. Um, it would also explain the meltdown with Tom. Just the utter and complete meltdown when she, in season three, wanted to remarry him. If he got thoroughly burned, you know, if he loved Katarina all their lives and gave up everything for her you know, went out on a huge limb for her, and then still something terrible happened, that's gonna stick with anybody. And so he has a... With Tom, it, it comes back to this distrust of spies. And whether he is Ray, the original Raymond Reddington or he is Ilya, he was a spy. So there, there's gotta be something there. And... In uh, the the last note I have on here for reasons yes is actually something that Blacklister uh, two one four mentioned when we were chatting about it today, because I I had this brief moment of well maybe maybe when Katarina said that Reddington was dead they died in her arms she was lying to Ilya and he comes back later kills Ilya and Ilya is the one that is actually buried under the tree. That's my theory. And that was the statement I made to her. And she goes, okay, well, then why on earth was Reddington so panicky over those bones getting out there? And that's a very fair statement. If he really is Raymond Reddington, why would he care if other people thought he was Raymond Reddington? He's been telling everybody he's Raymond Reddington. Why would it matter if Ilya, uh, what, what's Ilya's, I, I keep forgetting Ilya's last name. Starts with the K. Koslo. Uh, Koslov. If if Ilya Koslov was buried under a tree, like why would he care? Why is that a big deal? And so th those are my reasons. Yes, I have some hesitations. The roommate from the Naval Academy recognized him without a without missing a beat. Why? And multiple other people. There's a possibility that that Cooper knew him. Why would Cooper think that? You know, there are just multiple people. Tacoma Park and the Bubble Girl. How do they fit in? Who are they? If he is Ilya, did he have a whole other family? He wasn't wearing a wedding ring. He would have just thrown those people away. Why would he Why would he go back to them years later and suddenly become so nostalgic over them if he was willing to just toss them away for Katarina? And Kate. We're going back to you put her in my arms as a baby. Did she know Ilya? But I, also, but I also have an alternative for that one that it's super simple. Ilya knew Katerina. Ilya was part of the Russian government. He could have known Konstantin Rostov, shown up, at their or shown up at their home, met little Liz, baby Masha. Not, not too far-fetched there. So that one gets offset a little bit, but that was my third point. Anyway, more points on the yes than the no. So... As of right now, I'm leaning towards Ilya's red. And from that's from an entirely show point of view. 
from a writer's point of view, I think it would be a very big mistake in the sixth season of what we assume at this point is going to be a seven-season show. While we're running towards the finish line, for them to take one of these, what they have established as a heavy mythology-type episode, take it and make it an entire red herring, really brings into question the reliability of their narrative. And it, I know, but it does. And, but from a writing, from, from a viewer's point of view, nobody's going to trust anything they ever say if they turn around. And they're already running on thin ice with the is he or isn't he from oh. is Red her dad or isn't he. And so I have a lot of hesitation believing a team with this kind of talent would be willing to just throw that all away. If this was early on in the series, okay, sure. You know, I could roll with that. It's not early in the series. We're in the sixth season. We're in the home stretch. I do not think this was one big red herring. I don't think that's possible. But saying that, it is since it was all told from Dom's point of view, it is impossible he didn't get some of this information from somebody. Either Reddington himself, from Katarina. Well, really, Red or Katarina is th- those are our two options. Because as they were, you know, Cat was ready to throw herself off the balcony. Those were the two there. Because that's a lot of information to fill in that he wasn't there for. Otherwise, and this is a lovely tale. But that's what I'm saying. It's I, I cannot believe that the writers would do that because it would decimate their reliability. And they don't have an okay, option okay. here. There let me go to Jandra again. We've we haven't talked about Jandra in so long. I was and so you, missing the subject. You and I have so many issues because you're convinced genre covers both television and books. And I'm telling you. Yeah, but what is exactly the Balkan camp background here? Features not go. features not novels. There's still a difference. There's no, a, it isn't. Not in the yes, genre. Yes, there is. Okay, there is a bo- a movie. I wish I could remember the name of it, but it's totally gone. And I think um, I, I wish I could remember the name of the actor. But the movie goes like this: You are in a there is this um, guy who's told to to start looking for a mole or he discovers that somebody is a mole and he starts looking for them and it's another he's his boss and you spend the entire movie thinking this guy is you know finally is the boss and is the girlfriend and of the boss and there, you know, and then at the very, very end, they turn the tables around and he's the spy. He's chasing himself and he had managed to throw everybody under the bus. And it happens in the last maybe 10 minutes or five minutes of the of the movie. And and every book that you read is like that. Every um, there is a series called Bodyguard. Um, it's a British series. It's a mini series. It's like 
five or six episodes and it has the same thing. You spend six episodes thinking that what you're seeing this and this is a bad guy and that's a good guy and that's a good girl and at the end tell you what none of them are what they seem but but that's different what you just described is entirely different than the reli- the narration reliability and i, I think oh, we're talking about two totally different things here Assuming that someone is good or bad, that, I mean, we don't know if Reddington's a good guy or a bad guy. That's still but, in question. Half but I, the, haven't, half I the, haven't finished. Okay. All right. I haven't finished. Hold I'm on. Sorry. Hold on. Before you make that <laughs> up. Hold on. Because you're going to come back to that. I'm sorry. I jumped. Um, I jumped in. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. It's, it's because it's exciting. We, we love do. discussing <laughs> these things. Um, the Dom and Red relationship. Dom blames Red for what happened to Katerina. And as the tale was told, Katerina said goodbye to them. Red was already on the way to being Reddington. And Katerina, and I mean, he's the hero. He's the hero of this. He jumped in, abandoned his life to protect Katerina, protecting his child, and even taking, emptying his bank account so that Katerina's mom can have another identity. There is no base for me for Dom's uh, kind of like, yes, I accept you, but boy, could I get rid of you. Um, so that, that, that to me is one of the points for which I say this doesn't work. It just it just makes no sense of the relationship between Red and Dom. Um, the the second thing is is the Russia aspect. Um, there was a Cold War. There was the Iron Curtain. Trouble wasn't easy. And even if he was part of the government, one they were looking for him, his passport would have been flagged entirely, and he would not have been able to leave legally. So. Again, glitter. War games. That's what I was saying is I think that that stuff was already in America when he left. I think he, because if he was part of the KGB, I think that he went to America to study. And that's what I'm saying. I think that Katerina was raised at least in part in America. And that's why she speaks with an American accent. Exactly. And then Dom was speaking with this thick Russian accent that he had in that in it, when he was telling the tale, doesn't make any sense. There was no way that he didn't have a giant arrow saying, "I'm Russian, I'm KGB." It, it. I mean, the whole thing. That doesn't mean he can't fake the American accent. It just means that he wasn't choosing to. I don't. And maybe I'm just not following. I'm sorry. Um, I, I think that what happens. And you have to, you have to kind of, um, this, this is very typical of the genre, be TV, be movie, being a series, is that they will show you something and it will be turned on his head and then you'll see what was that you were way that you were seeing. So I, what I'm seeing is that whenever anybody is, is saying, I believe this, the explanations for the things are becoming so complex that to me makes no sense. Um, For example, um, the, the, the reliability of the writing 
yes, it, it could be a, a problem and it would be daring. But think about it. They finish telling the tale. And it's such a pretty tale. And Katerina and, and Liz is immediately like, oh, my mom was not so bad. You know, maybe, you know, she, she loved me. And then like, oh, Dom is now my family. Uh, my, my daughter and my grand and my, and my grandfather, my grandfather. It's all this like, and then she tells Red, I know who you are. I know you're Ilya. And, and Red Face is like, okay. And immediately leaves from Hong Kong and goes straight to Dom's house and says, I know who I am. I'm supposed to be Ilya in this thing, but basically that's what he says. I know who I am. Tell me what you told her. And this, this to me is like a, exactly what they've done in every time that something big is told something throws into disarray what they just told us. So completely eliminates the credibility. The fire, Dr. Orchard tells her, ah, you may never know what happened. Um, anything that, that is told, is except for Requiem, is always thrown as believe at your own peril because they're already telling you by Red just simply saying, you tell me what you told her. I mean, if he had been his story, he would have known what he told her. Word by word means I, we gotta be, I gotta know what you told her. So I gotta tell the same stuff. I disagree with that. Um, are you, is this a good point to jump in? This is okay. Yeah, jump in. I'm not done, right. but jump in. All right. Um, put a pin in it <laughs> make sure you know where to go back to. Yeah. Um, no, I, I disagree with that specific point there that, that he would automatically know because it, it's kind of like what we've talked about before that Liz thought she knew everything when she got some of her memories back. There was no, she said, I know everything, but there was no telling what exactly she knew because she, she couldn't know that she knew everything because she doesn't know what she doesn't know. And I think that because red wasn't there, he doesn't know how much of the story was told, if only a piece of it was told, if the entire thing was told. For all he knows, they had a five-minute conversation in which Dom sat down with her and said, so, the guy that you know is Raymond Reddington? His name is really Ilya. He was a childhood friend of Katerina Rostova. There we go. There's your answer. Short and sweet. I mean, now, granted, he knows Dom, and he knows that's probably not what happened, but... Red can't fight. He can't defend himself if he doesn't know exactly what Liz knows. He is in the dark, which is very rare for him. And he's also without Dembe, so he doesn't have his, you know, but both his physical protection and his emotional protection in a lot of ways. He's feeling very vulnerable, and suddenly Dom throws, like he says, all of this out into the ether. And so I think that as a as a way of self-preservation, he wants to know exactly what was said so that he knows how to counter it. He was very stoic. There were small twitches of emotion. But overall, when Liz approached him, she was happy. She was laughing. She thought that this made everything better. 
And it was okay. He and Dembe were going to be okay. He and she were going to be okay. Everything was good to go. Because she knew who he was and she had the answer. And he didn't feel that way because for once, the power balance was shifted away from him. Not maybe towards Liz necessarily, but to Dom. To someone other than Red, because Red doesn't know what was told. And he's not used to being that person that doesn't know everything. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, I totally disagree. I, I can't tell you. I think that the moment that, they, that, Don, that Red went in there and said, I know who I am. That was it. I mean, he didn't have to tell Dom that. He would have said, I know you told her who I am. But the phrasing, I know who I am, means I know who I am in the tale that you told her. I just need to know the rest. See, I read it a completely different way. And to be fair, I think that a lot of people are reading it a lot of different ways because I've seen a couple different theories that are, you know, out there right now. People are, that are super conflicting. And each of those people are going, my theory wins. And it's like, how can everybody's theory win? Not everybody's theory is going to win. But everyone feels like they have. Everyone feels vindicated right now. So they're reading it in very different ways. And we're going to, we're just going to have and to I, wait. I, it's funny because I, I basically said this when we were there. They're going to do a tale that is going to leave everything exactly as it is. You've learned nothing new. Uh, to me, there was nothing that was truthful in I, in that. When when he said, "I know who I am," when I watched it last, you know, we're, we're recording this on Saturday night. When mm -hmm. I watched it on Friday night, I thought, "Well, that's leaving it up for interpretation. That's meant to make us think." By the time I got around to my second rewatch today, and I went through it. I was much more leaning towards the Ilya side and going and him going, yes, I know who I am. Now, what did you tell her about me? Okay. And that's the thing is everybody's reading that line. And that's what makes these writers good is that they have everybody guessing on it. So to my point, once they throw that in there, you have basically almost no right to tell that 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 you were not forewarned you were they told you that it's is entirely possible this whole thing is a tale and for that i have only one thing to say and and you know eventually we're going to get to this point because it's a blacklist in which we're having a total disagreement of which i got to say only watch dom telling the story he's not telling a terrible story in which his daughter was lost he is having a great deal of fun spawning this story that is coming out of nowhere with whatever Liz is giving you because he doesn't know what Liz knows and there is like okay this is what it is and Dom just told before in the previous episode Rhett tells Liz Rhett tells Dom that she doesn't know. I haven't been exactly forthcoming about who, about who I am, and so Dom spins this story that gives Liz this 
this actually benign red that comes to the rescue, like you know, a white horse, a white knight in the in the white horse with a shining armor and the whole thing. Um, but but that this leaves a lot of things. There is there is also the the idea of in that story there is a a couple of little details that you know completely blow it apart. First, this is Liz just gives us a date for when Katerina went into the ocean six months before. So it's March of 1991. By the way, didn't she leave her clothes on the beach? I'm just saying. No, I mean, the coat. Oh, the coat. I, I, the oh, coat oh, oh, maybe the I misheard it then because I always thought that she folded her clothes and walked in like walked it was in a naked. Coat. I mean, they put okay, the clothes. That makes more sense. If, if that I just is misheard uh, it Vanessa then. Cruz left her clothes folded in. She Have just really, put the. Okay, I've just been connecting yeah. those two in my yeah. head apparently for the last yeah. three. Well, two you years. you meant to. You're meant to. You're absolutely yeah. meant to. Uh, and then she, um, I I have. So, six months later, is when they go to the to to get the surgery. So this happened. What happened in those six months? That they're that they've been chased, right? So in six months is when he has the surgeries. It's after the surgeries, um, a year of surgeries. After that is when he starts going to the banks to get the money out, and that puts us in 1992. Uh, and in 1992, six I think it was no, just six months. He said he, no, six months passes between the October 1991 collar surgery and the and the and the six months before is the drowning is right there in in the in the episode. Okay. So the drowning was in in March of 1991, and this in October 1991. They're they're at the collar, and after the year of surgeries, it Dom says it it took a year of surgeries. After the year of surgeries, then they go to the bank. That's 1992 when Red is already going to Hans and trying and staging the the kidnapping of Hans to get into Werner's good good graces. And if they had 40 million dollars, Red didn't really need to. Start doing that, he could have started from a very different point. So, the, here, right here, there is something that says this doesn't do, but it made for a riveting tale. Um, um, can, can I say something real fast about Dom, the, the expression and such? Mm-hmm. So, I, I did not get that from him. Um, now, to be fair, I, I, I agree with you that he didn't sound like he was telling a sad tale. But the way I read it was a bit differently. That he was just very excited to have... Like, he never thought that he would get to take a road trip with his granddaughter, basically. And saying that, there is a good chance, and this would go back to what you were saying about that you felt like there was a disconnect between the blame he puts on Red and how he painted Ilya. Um, he may have eased back on it. Um, because, as we mentioned earlier, we still don't know what the Hobson's choice is. There is... Dom lopped off the end of that story. Because we have the Hobson's choice 
that Red mentioned in Cape May that just wasn't at all mentioned in this. I could very much see Dom taking out the neg, like what he blames Red for, basically. That I did wh- whatever see the Hobson choice. Whatever, whatever the Hobson. See, I haven't yet. Um, that whatever that Hobson's choice is, which I think is putting it between Katarina and Liz or Masha at the time, you know, it was a choice between the two. I didn't see that at all in the episode that, that Ilya made a choice between the two. And I could see Dom leaving that off because he was on a road trip with his granddaughter there was nothing he wanted to do to put that in jeopardy or to risk never seeing Agnes. He wants that relationship. And as I honestly think Dom's probably dying. Um, he probably got a cancer diagnosis. Maybe he had a stroke and that's why he was in the wreck. I think something's going on. His days are numbered. Uh, whether it's from an outside source or something health-wise. His days are numbered. I think he knows it. And he wants to know what's left of his daughter in the world, which is his granddaughter and his great-granddaughter. That, you know, and that will make anybody ease up on a conversation. Now, saying that, I will also acknowledge that could also make him completely spin an entirely different tale. And if I didn't feel the way that I do about the writing and the narr- the reliability of the narration, I might be more inclined to agree with your assessment of it in light of that. But from a writing point of view, I just come from a different perspective. Um, the, other, the other thing that is interesting to me in that is that Dom said that, that in the tale, he's checking that mailbox every week. But the attendant said that Oh, the last time this was checked, it was February. So, that's, yeah, not really. That's not really unreliable. I mean, because that kid was not there from dusk till dawn and or 24 they had hours the camera. a day. The guy checked the cameras, and that's the last time that that box was checked. So, you know, there is a lot of stuff that is happening here. D- did Katerina betray Dom? A hundred and fifteen percent, because we know that from Dom and, and, and Red perspective. So either Katerina working with a cabal was a betrayal, or Katerina working with the CIA or the KGB, one of those things was a betrayal. And that 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 much is pretty obvious. But I also want to raise what Red says at the end. I am what I am. Pope hired the sailor. You know, I uh, I have that in my notes um, because the, the quote. You know what? The second episode of Popeye was. Well, in, the the thing is, he said, "I am what I am." Caught by the sailor man. That was the that was the phrase. I am what I am. Caught by the sailor man. Popeye. I, caught by the sailor man is what because I I went back and I looked at it. What did you hear? Popeye. What does that even mean? I. The cartoon. Oh. And you know what the the title of the second um, ever cartoon um, of Popeye was? Huh. I I am what I am, not what I am. I yeah, am yeah, yeah. like yeah, 
Yeah, I am what I am. Popeye the sailor, the sailor man. Okay, that makes a whole lot more sense. And then, I was I was googling that and going, this has to be a quote from something, and all I'm coming up was Popeye, and I'm going because it was Popeye. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like a moron. He's saying he's the sailor man. The the now we're getting uh, to uh, to all that uh, Balkan camp. I've been talking about a pencil pusher and the whole thing. Remember, he's saying there was a one red Indian, one was a pencil pusher, the other one was uh, was a uh, knot, and that's a pencil pusher. Ilya is a pencil pusher. Yes, Ilya Koslov with a big K under the tree, and use the skeleton used for by red. To spin another tale for Kate. Because we still don't know what Kate thought what she was giving when she gave those bones to Liz. I know what we think they are, but yeah. we have no idea what we, Kate we can't thought they were. We can't possibly know for sure at this point what her... We know what her Bones intentions didn't. were, but not that she knew who the bones belonged to. Only that there exactly. were bones there and she thought she knew who they belonged to. Exactly. So going back to the bones, we have bones, all bones, that are in, in a suitcase. By the way, did you see that when he's in the station, there is a suitcase that looks like almost exactly the same. So they're all they're making a very specific point that those suitcases belong in that time in 1991. Mm -hmm. And he ends up uh, in uh, and somebody ends up in one of his suitca suitcases right under a tree with carved with a K. And the man who is supposed um, the savior is also a lot taller than Katerina. And has long, kind of blondish hair. And there is a man of the fire that lives in, intact and is not the guy who died. That looks just like him before. So that was him. He had surgery and he ended up looking like him when he's going at the banks. So the... Then if we're then, talking about height differences, that happens all the time with actors. But but this is specific. I tell you why specific. I mean, because like I, I've seen I've seen that argument made by Red Arena fans, and I I will just say that that kind of stuff it drives me crazy. Don't get me wrong, because I've seen actors that are supposed to you know when they're kids they've got brown eyes, but when they're adults they have blue eyes, and it drives me nuts because all it takes is contacts, people. But uh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, they do I'm not it. talking about that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, I, I know that sometimes you cast an actor, you cast an actor. Yeah. And, what and I'm it's not like you can shrink down or build up. I mean, in the fire scenes, they make a very specific moment of showing us that little drawing with a taller guy, much taller guy and a, and a, and a woman with a little girl by an apple tree. Now we have, we have men um, somebody that Dom is casting as being Ilya and being red, who's taller, has longish hair, and looks just like the guy who's in the fire fighting with Katerina. Okay. Um, interesting point I would like to make, because I, I've been doing a lot of thinking today because of uh, an AU that I'm piecing together right now. Um, when it comes to Liz's drawing... 
I think that there is a possibility because when we see Liz answer, well, when Sam answers Katarina's call and Liz is living there with Sam, Liz obviously knows who Katarina is. She calls her mama. She knows mm-hmm. her. She's not had her memories wiped at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is at least a possibility, if not a probability, at least a possibility that once they had the money, they went back, got Liz, and were on the run, the three of them, at least for a little while. And that would help explain the connection between Ilya and, or Red, you know, mm-hmm. thinking, you know, if Ilya is Red, and Liz, to a degree. And also, not just from, from Red to Liz, but from Liz to Red, because there has to be something there for her to continuously go back to him like the, like she does. And yeah. now some of it's the power imbalance, but there is something emotional there. Like we were talking about in the last episode, you may not have the memories that go with it, but you have the, the emotions that go with it, which are even more powerful sometimes. And I do wonder, and th- this came up in a conversation I was having with somebody today, so kudos to whoever they need to go to. I can't recall who it was that I was having the conversation with. But the idea that that for at least for a very short, short amount of time, Ilya, a.k.a. the new Raymond Reddington, Katarina Rostova, and Liz, or Masha, were at least going to be a family on the run. Kind of like Tom wanted to be when he came up with the... the uh, mm. The, the can passports. You, can you play the? Can you place the tangent memory in that scenario? Yes, and that is part of it. Is that tree that that going out to the to get the tree and her but calling that was him the daddy? Fire. I don't know if they're separate. I mean, it may be a couple fires, and that would explain why our red, if he's Ilya, has there could be a second fire. See that. I get what you're saying, and, and I it's it's extremely frustrating because <laughs> it's okay. Funny, and I knew that it was going to happen. I, I to I be fair, I'm a little frustrated with you, so we're both frustrated with each other. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's I I I've been writing about it. I've been writing like I I know what's going to happen. This is going to happen, and I know exactly how the clues are going to fall. And I'm going to be saying, guys, you don't see it. Maybe. And nobody does. Maybe. And or maybe you just think you know what's going to happen. Well, I tell you one thing. I've been predicting a few things. So. And hey, you know me. If it comes out I that you were. I the code of if, the numbers. If it comes out that you were right, I will acknowledge that you were right. As of and right he now. Was wearing we plaid. Who was? Dom was wearing plaid with red. Oh, was he? I yeah. didn't even notice it. Plus, the house is covered in plaid. He has plaid blankets and all that. Um, he does live out in the country. You know that, right? <laughs> don't start doubting my plaid thing. <laughs> it's the only thing that you believe in of all my theories. So, 
I heard at the beginning of the episode <laughs> oh my that gosh. you. That's amazing. Don't start doubting my plaid. I want to like put that as some sort of like tagline tagline to my website. Don't start. <laughs> so there's going to be I'm going to write something someday that is published and someone's going to scream. Don't start doubting my plaid. And it's going to be for you. <laughs> I just want you to know this. Thank you. I'll be very honored when it happens. <laughs> you and I so, will both know it, and everyone else will be going, WTF, what's happening here? What's going on with plaid? Should we be paying attention to plaid? Eh? Yeah. <laughs> then men wear plaid. What I want to call, I want to ask this cause two in, interesting phrases. Red tells him, you were the architect of this charade that cost me my daughter and all that. Mm-hmm. Yes. I liked that one. And it leads other- me to Ilya. I mean, like, ob- now, does it not you? How does that not lead you to Ilya? Because the charade didn't cost him his daughter. The charade saved his daughter and the granddaughter and put his wife into safety. The see, charade was not I, I that. See, I see where our, our disconnect is there. Because I'm still following it through to the Hobson's choice that I don't think we know yet. Okay. I think I think the idea of the Hobson choice as seen is that unless there is something that they're going to show us in the future, that's a whole different thing. And that's what if I think. Is, I think there's still a Hobson's choice to come. So if they're going to show us something in the future, that's a whole different thing. And when that happens, I'll adjust Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to start putting the cart and the road before the horse. I got to have the horse first. And my horse is telling me that at this point, what I do know is that in Cape May, he was hallucinating. He had not been there with her. She was alone. And when... Everything that happened is just red. It's just him. He's talking. He's making a, a couple of little details. And you know me that for me, the little details make the whole thing. He says that um, killing Sam was, of all the difficult things he has done, the most. Perhaps the most. So killing Sam is the hardest thing red has done and then when he's talking about the the hobson's choice he says it was the hardest thing i ever had to do so that can't be in the same sphere choosing between the person you love and a child and and especially when it's not your child is is the child of the woman with this other guy and killing a, a man that you have always loved, they can't be in the same sphere. So one of them is Katerina's and one of them is Red. And Red is, in Cape May, he is having a conversation with himself. He went there to rehash the past, to come to terms, to reckon with his choices and Katerina's choices. And that's why he puts himself quite literally in her shoes, by imagining her there and then 
you know those conversations that you have and then you rehash them over and over again in your head? Consistently. Yeah. I have high anxiety. Yes, I do it 24-7. Okay. <laughs> so that's what Kate May feels to me. A, a, an argument, a conversation had long time ago that you were too angry to actually hear, too angry to even contemplate that maybe you were right or maybe I listened to you. And at the what you think is the end of your life, he has paid his debts, he has he's shaving, he mm-hmm. suspended transactions, and he goes to the place where all these things started. And he starts rehashing the same things. Actually, this time, putting himself in her shoes and saying it was Hobson's choice. And it doesn't make sense, at least with what we know now. If in the future it happens, that's a whole different story. But for me, I'm considering what we have seen. At this late stage, it's very hard that we're going to start introducing another thing that happened. I think that the elements are here. And what well, the last the last few elements are, let's organize them now and, and put them into perspective in what we've seen. But the and, and, and it's that moment when he's alone, when he's rehashing arguments, when he starts talking about there was a woman I love, she was my heart, she was this. Then he goes into um why do you commit suicide and the suicide speech and the Hobson's choice? I had to choose between a, 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 a woman and, and her child. And that is, I think, where is the thing. He's putting himself in Katerina's shoes and imagining what am I have to choose between a, um, a man and his child. So Katerina had to choose between a man and his child. He, when he internalizes that, says a man, a, a woman and her child to put himself in Katerina's shoes and imagining the person I love and the child. What do I choose? So I've, I've, I cannot see that because of the hardest things he has done is killing Sam. That now the hardest thing he has done is decide between a, the woman he loved and a child. Okay, so you, you that, think, hang on, I just want to verify you think that the Hobson's choice was actually Katarina's, not Red's? Yes. Okay. I we, think we are, she... We are coming at it from entirely different points Entirely of view. different. I I have probably watched or have it running as I'm working. Kate May, I kid you not, probably 50 times. And I it kept thinking there is something I'm not getting. And it was when I saw this, it's only me. I'm putting myself, I'm having the conversation from my point of view and from Katerina's point of view. And if you're in, in opium, you know, maybe he puts a, the whole thing because he's also talking about, um, you know, um, Sparing somebody who deserved to die. And they put Tom there because he's such a nice red herring. But that's not him. The man he spares is, is, is her father. And at this point, he was not about to kill Tom. Um, it was, as her father is himself. He went, he considered killing himself and decided against because he was all that Liz had to, to live. And for me, the more, the more. I mean, if anything, this whole thing left me convinced. Red is Raymond Reddington. It's not who he's always been, but that's who he was at the fire, and he was presumed dead. Ilya 
Koslov became like him to get to the bank and get all that money. And then Red found out what she had done. And then he cast her away, excommunicated her, and said, no, you can't come back. And I, like I said, I've had that, that rush of theory. The question becomes, why would he care if the bones were discovered then? What would the point be of that? Like, okay. the, like, why would he be going to these extreme links with Liz, with everybody else, to hide the fact that he is who he says he is? Because we don't know who Ilya, who Ilya Koslov is to him or to Katerina. Mm, maybe. We don't know. We all know that they... I know that Ilya was at the fire, and I know Red was at the fire, and we don't know what connection there is, and that's a part that we don't know. I mean, and you asked me at the beginning, how does Katerina, Carlarina, fit into the scenario, like a glove? Okay, I'd love to hear it. Go. Um. This this is a charade. Um. And I go back here to my first element that Katerina is a CIA agent. The way that a CIA refers to her first saying that she doesn't exist, she's a myth, then accepting that she is, and then Peter using her, and then all that file that was in there, it doesn't make any sense as a KGB agent. That sounds just like Ilya Surkov with the burn notice. So, and... For a KGB agent being married to Konstantin Rostov advanced nothing. The guy was working in Russia. It was supposed to be a cover. She lived on and off with him, which is completely ignoring this whole tale. And there, um, and it, it provided no cover because the guy was not in the embassies providing Katerina with options to go and uh, go at Reddington or anything. It was just living a guy living in the woods and going to Russia to 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 um, industrial town. So eh, this is not looking so good already. But once you put Katerina as a CIA agent whose job was to infiltrate the KGB then everything starts making sense. And that's the basis of Carlorina. A lot of people don't understand Carlorina because they don't understand that that Katerina's KGB, it may sound good, not but once you start like peeling the, the, the thing to details, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. But if you think of her as CIA, then what Constantine was was her springboarding to Russia to get in there as a KGB agent, making credentials by siphoning a lot of of information out of Reddington, which in reality was a charade. They were pretending she was a a KGB agent. He was giving her precise information that will advance her things, and they were working together to infiltrate the KGB. That's what I think was happening. What Red did not know is that Katerina had also started to work with Fitch, advancing Fitch's plan, which was to end the Cold War 
by um, using the cabal that would make everybody, the, the apparatchik, get rich. They would overthrow from the inside the Soviet Union. And then they would get rich, and 25 years later, they will come back to the plan, to the Cold War. That was the plan. Except that Fitch made a fulcrum that could have ended the cabal from the inside. That doesn't sound like a good thing when you're doing that, except if your objective is simply to infiltrate the Soviet Union, have an agent there that would identify the targets for turning for the cabal to overthrow the Soviet Union from the inside like a Trojan horse, and then um, have the, the fulcrum out and destroy the cabal, and the world would never return to the Cold War. So it was a brilliant plan to end the Cold War with as little death as possible on both sides, using greed, which is great. <clears throat> using Greek. Greed. <laughs> oh, I, th I thought you said Greek because you, no, no, no. you said Trojan horse earlier <laughs> using Greek. Oh, That's... we're going into it's Odysseus, basically. And so it was working fine, except that the fulcrum goes missing. And now they're in a little pickle because they can't end the cabal. And now this thing is just gaining. It's becoming a monster hydro with many heads. And by the time that the fulcrum is exposed, it does very little to the cabal. Yeah, it exposes them. It takes them down a few notches. But they're still there and powerful. Um, but the thing is that Red and Katerina fall in love. And she takes an identity under which she marries him. And she spends on and off time going from one man to another man. And Liz actually is very good at it. And she gets taken everywhere. And one of these guys is Ilya's um, Koslov. I think Ilya's is the father of Jennifer. And he's the bones. And he's the guy who ends up dead. And when they discover the bones, that's the connection that creates to the from the bones. The bones is... Jennifer's father. I'm still not sure, though, why Red would have such an issue being tagged as himself. It's not himself. That's the thing. It's like there, there is something that 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 people are forgetting because the writers are so good at distracting us. It's like a magic trick. You have your attention here, then they put that on the backside. They're doing something. You're not seeing your attention is here. But think about it. We get the bones. Tom picks up the bones. He's great with the bones. He calls Nick. Nick says, eh, sorry, man. Uh, he starts tracking Denison. He comes and finds Denison beat up. He leaves his gun on the table. Here's Red coming in, hides, his gun is on the table. Everybody thinks that Dembe beat this guy up. Why would on earth Dembe leaves him? He cannot call Red and say, hey, come to this address. And Red just comes to the address. Who on earth would leave a man tied up with a broken, with a broken lock and the guy does nothing? He just stays there like, okay, I'm here. When you come back to kill me, good. 
Um, <laughs> Denbit doesn't say, wait, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, Red, there is a gone here that wasn't here before. Um, that means that they weren't there. They just arrived at the same time. They, why Red kills uh, Denison? Because if he's beaten up and alive, it means that he hasn't produced any information of value, which means he's left alive in order to go back at him and have another go. And if he hasn't said anything, he's not going to say anything. So he kills him so that it's no value for anybody else. And then the person who beat him up, I think, is still in the apartment. And hears Tom say that he has the, the, the suitcase. I think that person is Katerina. I, I could definitely see that, yeah. yeah. So Katerina is there. Katerina hears Tom has the suitcase. She devises a method bloodless of getting that suitcase she goes back to to nick and we see this very weird scene in which nick after saying no that same night we see him in the in the car we don't see who's at his back we don't see anything he's at the car and say hey suddenly i changed my mind i can i can help you and then we're introduced to this very bizarre character pete whose background doesn't match what tom digs with records and who then take possessions of the bones. And after he takes possession of the bones, those bones don't look the same. They have tissue. They were when they didn't have before. They're broken when they weren't broken before. We have no idea what happened to those bones, but they're not the same bones. Not only that, Nick says that Pete said that he extracted DNA from a tooth. None of that is shown on camera. Not even a five-second segment of Pete extracting DNA, nothing. But meanwhile, we're spending a lot of time of a uh, going to the park, extracting the uh, the ID. Um, we're having domestic scenes. But the important thing that actually I tell goes... you why they had all the domestic scenes. Hmm? They that that is a very typical thing for shows to do when they're about to kill someone off. Yeah, is but... is pander to the audience that likes them. Okay. But but not only that, we had the little um, golf scene, the mini golf scene. We had so many strenuous things. The golf scene with, with no, Red. I know exactly the what you're talking about. It's, okay. just, it's very typical for an opening scene where Red's giving information. Exactly. But my point is not that those scenes are not, not used, is that we're getting a lot of scenes and not a three-second shot of, of Pete working on those bones. Consider that. Would you have done that? Would you have left this extremely important connecting piece to what a character said that another character said that is not done on camera? Maybe. Uh, maybe. I mean, like... the. If no, I had, if I had, you say that, if I had time, yeah, I'd show it. If I there didn't, if I didn't, or you know what? There are also times when you just, you think, hey, I'm giving this, giving them this information. It's getting, okay. it's getting described verbally. I don't have to take the time out of my script. Okay. But hear me out. Okay. And tell me if this thing doesn't make sense as it is. So. This the the at this point, Nick says, Pete says that he extracted DNA 
from the bones, from a tooth. So even if he's saying the truth, it's all about a tooth. And we have had no. plenty of tooth being filed, changed, implanted, yes. removed, all that. But that is all done off camera. It could be true. But what if it isn't? That's true. That's very accurate. And, and at that point, all we really know is that Tom goes there and says, well, have you tried CODIS? And the guy says, no, I can't. So he provides that and forces Pete's hand to try CODIS. And it's when they stand in CODIS that we know for sure that's the only thing that we are 100% certain is that Pete introduced some DNA, we don't know where it came from, not for sure, that matches Raymond Reddington's DNA that previously wasn't there. So likely it is the DNA of Jennifer and is set to match her father. So 50% match with a male. And so all we have known really is that the DNA that everybody says, oh, that is Raymond Reddington or the real Raymond Reddington. All we know is a DNA that matches Jennifer was that likely matched Jennifer was introduced, whose origin, a character that was very shady, said he got from a tooth. In a show that will show you the most bizarre things being done, and that matching point upon the entire edifice of Red is an imposter, and he took the identity in 1991, is constructed. That entire edifice is... is predicated on a tiny pebble. Pete said, Nick said, Pete said that he did DNA from a tooth. So that's what I'm saying. Who the bones were and who Red thought the bones were. Who the bones were and what DNA got sent in there are very different things. We are set to believe that they are the one and the same, but they're not. Red may have thought that bones were someone. Kate may have thought the bones were someone else, etc., etc. I, I don't disagree with that. My issue is why would Reddington have an issue when when Liz says, you know, okay, well, we found out the bones were actually Raymond Reddington. I like it. Why does he agree with that? Why not just take a DNA test? Because they didn't show them as Ilias uh, Koslov. So that's good. He didn't know that they were going to flag him as not being Raymond Reddington. He had no idea because the bones were not Raymond Reddington's. They were Ilias Koslov. So he doesn't understand why they were supposed to be Koslov. And he was afraid he was going to be identified as Koslov. And now suddenly they're identified as Raymond Reddington because she has no idea that Katerina is behind the scene manipulating everything as she has always done. Um, I, I will say, as I always do, that if it comes out that you're right, I will be one of the first ones to tote your, your praises. Yeah, well, I know. I'm, I'm going to have a lot of bottles of wine from Reddit. <laughs> There was something, I don't remember what it was, I'm totally blanking on what it was, but it's like, I, I looked at the episode and I went, Tessa was right! And I'm trying to think what it was on which episode, but there was something that was, that you had called within the last couple, three weeks, and that happened. 
I don't. I'm completely blanking. My my brain. I know is, that I, I I predicted a few things, but there I'm just blanking on this. We, I want. We've yeah. been going for like three and a half hours with a well, I guess basically three hours with a half hour break in the middle. <laughs> mm. I wanted done. to another a little quite quick thing. Uh huh. Um, Ilya says on the thing that uh, who the woman who invented Reddington. That was interesting. Uh, because yes. I I thought when I heard him because his accent was kind of goofy, um, it it would go very Russian and then it would be not very Russian. Um, what was it that I thought he said? It was because I I had to turn on the the subtitles to get invented. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, infected was what I thought I heard. Like, you know, mm-hmm. someone that... I know, but, like, don't take it that way. <laughs> shush, shush. It's oh, not the way I... <laughs> that is it. And for pain, the man who got me, the... Apparently I was having trouble with my ears, okay? I've had a lot of allergy issues. Leave me alone. Stop judging me. But, no, it's... In, like, the way you're taking it is not how my brain translated it. But, like, someone that, that just, you know... Gets in, gets under someone's skin and gets mm-hmm. into their head. I mean, because if you take it from the story, if you take the story at face value, more or less at face value, then you have a an American agent who is just infatuated with this Russian KGB slash cabal agent and is accidentally giving her information. And so, yeah, he was... You know, I did not. God, <laughs> I can't say it with a straight face now. I mean, and so that—that's what I heard, and I had to go back on my rewatch and turn on the subtitles, and and invented was what he said because that is a very strange turn of phrase for it. So you have two things. What Red is the architect of this charade, and the woman who invented Reddington. Two peculiar phrases. Well, see, I don't find the first one nearly as peculiar as you do. Okay, but, but the woman who invented him, that sure. was That was bizarre. If I squint and twist my head a certain angle, maybe because she set him up as a, you know, as a patsy for, you know, trying to give her information. So in a way, she invented the criminal Raymond Reddington. But yeah, it's bizarre. It definitely takes a second, third, fourth look. And kind of a pin in it to to hang on to yeah. as we move forward. Yeah. So for me, for for my theory to to wrap that up, Carlarina, it gave me the name of of the bones, and okay. the name of the of the blonde that I've been calling Albus because Albus means the blonde <laughs> man. So I'm happy to finally have a name for Albus. That you know what that may have been it. It may have been the third man that I was cheering you on for that you've been saying for. I mean, literally, like what two years now? You've been saying there's a third man Probably from the more. fire. Probably I more. I mean, like it's been a while. You've been saying that. I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> But yep. yeah, you were right. There was a third man. Whether it was Red himself or whether it was Ilias or Ilya. I, I obviously, my brain is it's just a, gone. I guess it's the same name, Ilya. Ilias. Ilya. Yeah, it's, uh, but definitely, yes, I've been saying that for like three years now. Yeah. 
So I think that must have been it. That was what I was cheering. So if you didn't hear me from all the way from Dallas, you know, that's... I, I didn't, I was, but I, then I was cheering myself, so... That's fair. You know, you just couldn't yeah. hear me over your own. It's all right. Yeah. Plus, there was there was all that chatter that was happening. And I was so taken by the story right until we got to Russia. <laughs> oh. I mean, if he had just stayed within the United States, I would have just believed the whole thing. But once we, you, he have to stop. And then, of course, Red says, "I'm Popeye the Sailor Man." Reddington, Sailor Man. Yeah, it's I. I don't know. And excommunicated, like his father. His father excommunicated him. Yeah, I thought you were trying to link that with Popeye, and I was like, I don't. No, understand. no, no. Then maybe he's ex thinking is communicating his daughter. I think that he is the Raymond Reddington that was Liz's father. I don't think it was always his name. For all we know, Ilya was the, the cousin, the brother. We don't know. The... I'm leaning towards him being Ilya. And so we'll see. I mean, only time will tell. As with, yeah. every, as with every theory, only time will tell. Yeah. It's, um, and the funny thing is they are so good about keeping them all alive at the same time. I, to a degree, I agree with you, but I, I also feel like, and I'm sure I put myself in this, I mean, heaven knows I was when Tom was alive. Oh, and by the way, I will say, because I, I do try to, to say when, you know, when I was wrong, I think that this, if I do believe that, that the story is true, I do think this finally killed my, my Tom and Liz knew each other as kids. Um, or at least made it much less likely, which sucks. Yeah. But you also, know. also leaves um, that little picture that uh, Scotty has of a girl blowing bubbles with a dark hair woman. But there's, uh, and this is another thing that Blacklister and I were talking about that that doesn't mean that Scotty wasn't a KGB agent and that she knew Katarina. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't entirely kill my theory, but it's, you know, it's there. But if she also, if Bubble Girl is Ilya's daughter, I guess yeah. all three. Oh, we them. didn't even touch. I didn't even touch him on Bubble Girl. Who was Bubble Girl? Because it, there couldn't have been anybody that he was in there. I mean, what kind of monster will abandon his own family to go protect the daughter of another woman? Apparently, and meanwhile, your family, like, eh, I don't know, whatever. Apparently a moral relativist. <laughs> Re -re relativist. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that, that this pretty much tells me... I mean, for me, it answered every question. I Like I said, Bubble Girl is one of my big, like... This is one of the, the things that makes me hesitant on Ilya. But we'll see. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're almost at an hour and a half for the Justice episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we knew this was going to be... We, we did, real. and that's why we split them. Um, yeah. But... You know, we'll see moving forward. We've got three more episodes, I think, for this season. Did you find something interesting? That among all these excommunicating things, there was no nothing of, I'm going to excommunicate Jennifer, or I'm going to go kill Jennifer, or at least I'm going to go and... I don't and think be, he cares about Jennifer, to be totally honest. I mean, not in, like, the grand scheme of things. I don't think he thinks she's a threat. She was a pawn. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, I really don't think he has any connection to her at all. He doesn't seem, which, honestly, 
makes him sound less and less like the real Red. If Jennifer is not his his daughter. Um, it maybe never was his daughter. Mm. But she thought that she was Raymond Reddington's daughter. She remembered Raymond Reddington. Ergo, if it was someone that he had at least halfway raised, that makes her to some degree his daughter. Mm-hmm. Which is goes to Red being a hypocrite in many things because that's what he was telling Constantine. And then uh, is he doing the same thing? But we, I mean, Red had done things like this. Uh, yeah, ish. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of a fuzzy situation there. But all right, anyway. so then this wraps. <laughs> is that are you done? Or we, do I am done. Else? Yeah, like I had one more grumble about Red and his like. Godlike, godlike complex with yeah. his grumbling about that Dimbe wasn't there and it was all Liz's fault. But you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's just that seems like a. And Liz was like, eh, "If that's the case, because let's <laughs> let's be clear, that's not on Liz. It's not on Liz. No, <laughs> I mean, it... no, I'm just. I mean, he looks like it. a like a broken little panda in there, but <laughs> he's not. <laughs> a little panda oh my gosh it's not <laughs> all right well guys we appreciate you we've seen you twice this week at the end of this episode you can catch the episodes on itunes on soundcloud and youtube and you can talk to us on twitter on facebook and on tumblr and we would love to know if you land. Which side of you are you? Just choose your side. Are you on Jennifer? Red is Red is Ilya. Or are you on Tessa's side? Red is Red. Team Tessa, Team Jen. There you go. There you go. Pick a side, people. Do it. Do the thing. <laughs> but we come away from it, friends. Right, Tessa? Absolutely. <laughs> it will be a sad time when you cannot be a friend of somebody who doesn't think exactly the same as you. Yeah. Because, boy, the world would be just so boring. One, it would be boring, and I don't think I've ever found another soul that believes everything the exact same way that I do. Unless you become a, a clone of what they think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, sad days. Sad days. Be nice, be kind, and um, don't be afraid to make an argument. Arguments make friends. Oh, they should. So long, yeah, so long <laughs> as they're arguments and not fights. There you go. Debates. Debates. Yeah. All right, guys. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. All right.